We hope you enjoyed that last exercise and were able to laugh at some of your differences. We found that laughing and teasing each other kindly keeps us connected and is a great way of diffusing tension. Maintaining a sense of humour is such an important part of working as a team. For many couples, when they start going out, laughter is a big part of their relationship. In marriage, continuing to laugh at each other's funny ways of doing things prevents us from taking ourselves too seriously and stops our relationship becoming intense. Humour is very important. Um, one of the things that attracted me to Eric the most was his sense of humour. And sometimes, if I'm feeling really upset about something and, and not just upset for the sake of it, but upset with Eric in particular, and um, he knows that I have got a point, he will just totally take the wind out of my sails by putting a joke in. One of his favourites is he pretends he's got boxing gloves on and goes, want to fight? Do you want to fight? And when he does that, I just crack up laughing. I find it so funny. I do just thinking about it because we come from a um, Jamaican heritage and I sort of like translated that into English and it's not so funny but in the Jamaican pathway it's I fight you I fight <laughs> and, and it's just funny when he does that I just crack up I just completely start laughing so once I'm laughing that's it it's it's all dampened down and I either see that what I was that upset about is not that big a deal or I can approach it from a much calmer mm. frame of mind. The humour is really important to us, isn't it? It Sometimes is. Sometimes we laugh about the kids as well. Mm. I think when, when June's laughing, I think she's great. I think she looks awesome when she's laughing. So from my point of view, if I keep her laughing, there's no time to argue, is there, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you do. <laughs> We want to go on now to look at what is probably the heart of this session, a key skill in marriage for resolving conflict effectively, and that is learn to negotiate. People approach conflict differently. Some try to force their partner to do things their way. Other people surrender. They may be frightened of disagreements. They may hide, run away or just do anything to avoid confrontation. Still other people bargain. They say, I'll do this if you do that. But that all too easily becomes, I won't do my bit because you haven't done your bit. None of these approaches builds closeness or is effective in resolving conflict. However, there is a way that is effective and that's through negotiation. Negotiation involves discussing the issue that's causing tension and finding a solution that works for us as a couple. It means seeing, as we said earlier, that really we're on the same side and working together as a team. We're going to run through six very practical steps for negotiating areas of conflict effectively. Six steps that bring peace between us. The first step is to find the best time. I think we all recognise that there are bad times to try and resolve arguments. We have our worst arguments when I'm particularly hungry or tired. Um, if I haven't eaten for a while, then blood sugar goes down and then I'm very irritable and ratty. Or if I haven't had enough sleep, then, then yeah, then it, and I know, I know it's coming. So it's, you know, I'm, I've, wor I've worked out saying, actually, Sarah, I haven't eaten for a while or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sleepy. So this is not the time to bring up anything particularly inflammatory or anything that might cause an argument because, you know, we're, we're going to be going down that road very quickly. <laughs> 
And I think for me, when um, I'm really stressed, if, if there's a lot going on at work and I've got a lot in my head, and David starts on something, then I haven't. I, I'm sort of full up and find it hard to. Mm. Uh, that's probably not a good time if I'm feeling stressed. Mm. Uh, hormonal. Um, if there are certain times of the month where I might react uh, more than I would normally. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but there's no point, David, pointing that out, that it's no. that time of the month, because it will, whatever the issue is that I'm feeling very strongly about, that will seem very real, and telling me I'm just being hormonal won't help mm -hmm. at that moment. <laughs> Some other bad times are in front of other people, uh, just before a special occasion, when we're about to leave for work in the morning or when we've just walked in through the door at the end of a busy day. But the number one worst time for most couples is late at night. When we're tired, we can so easily get things out of perspective. Our worst time for an argument would be late at night when we're both mm. tired and mm. really shouldn't be trying to sort anything out, mm. I think. Yes, amazingly, Friday night. Mm. Quite often we'd build Friday night up in our minds mm. as a time after work for each other. Mm. But actually, Friday night, we were really tired. And so we'd end up being frustrated yeah. and it'd be a horrible time. So we now make sure that Friday nights, we don't try and tackle solving world peace. Yeah. In the early days of our marriage, our most futile arguments were always last thing at night. We'd find ourselves totally losing the plot. And then, very helpfully, some friends told us about what they called the 10 o'clock rule. The rule is that if you're having an argument late in the evening, either one of you can call the 10 o'clock rule into play. That means the argument has to be pursued at a better time. Perhaps earlier the next evening or over a cup of coffee at the weekend. That was such a help for us, and we've often used the 10 o'clock rule over the years. Actually, it's usually Nikki who calls it into play. Uh, of course, waiting for a better time takes self-discipline. I'm naturally more volatile than Nikki, and that does have its healthy side, getting things out into the open. But I've come to realise that it isn't always helpful to let Nikki know straight away when I disagree with him. And learning self-discipline has been a difficult and big part for me of resolving conflict more effectively. Using the 10 o'clock rule doesn't mean going to bed still angry with each other. The issue may not be resolved, but if either or both of us have said unkind things, we need to apologise to and forgive each other and reassure each other that our relationship is still OK, even though we haven't yet reached agreement. We'll be talking more about dealing with anger in the next session. So, the first step is to find the best time. Well, our question for you today is actually to work through a worksheet. So we encourage you to take a look at the worksheet you'll find in the study guide if you're in our app or under extras if you're on our website. Have a good discussion. We'll see you tomorrow.